0: Hello, everyone! Thanks for checking out the Indie Handshake Wrestling Podcast. My name is Paul Ponte. I am joined today by Eli Everfly. Eli, uh, there's only one thing softer than an indie handshake, and that's an indie handshake over Zoom. How are you doing okay. today?
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm doing great despite you know pandemic and everything. Yeah, I've fi- I've been finding ways to like just chill, you know, and find a happy place. So yeah, how are you? Yeah.
0: So I'm doing pretty good. Uh, trying to scratch that uh, wrestling itch. Luckily, they just started, you know, like s- socially distant shows. So I've been watching those on Independent Wrestling TV, all that stuff. So, okay,
1: cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I'm sure you know. For you guys, it's a uh, it's a little rough, you know. You the independent contractor word gets thrown around a lot, but especially on the indie scene, it's a uh, it's a bit tougher. During yeah, this yeah, most,
1: yeah, most definitely right now because everyone like kind of like merch is like a big deal, you know. And then when there's no shows, you know, then merchandise is kind of like really low <laughs> yeah. especially like shows and yeah just getting paid to work in general so it's been it's been rough it's been rough for everybody yeah but uh yeah there's like you know there's at least something going on in every territory
0: yeah absolutely good. uh so before we get started uh go ahead and put over since you just mentioned that uh where we can get your merch and all that stuff because that's really important especially in these times
1: oh yeah uh, you can just head over to pro wrestling tees you know uh, like uh, look up Eli Airfly or Doomfly. Uh, that's pretty much it. Or uh, you can just contact me on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you possibly can, you know, and I'll show you what else I have that's not a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm working on, like, I have a water maneuver, but I haven't really, like, you know put anything on there in a really long time because i was just so like pro wrestling tees and just like at shows it has to be exclusive you know you have to come to get this yeah like i said i sell like a lot of uh cool things that uh were kind of like uh just just for when you're at the show like um wristbands that say i came to see eli everfly you know things that are a little more intimate yeah yeah i like that so, yeah <laughs> yeah miss that stuff yeah Yeah.
0: So, all right. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's start off with how you got
1: into wrestling
0: and how you discovered independent wrestling, which is always interesting to me. That is really
1: interesting. And yeah, (laughs) well, uh, I first uh, I don't know I always like knew wrestling was like around because all the older kids would watch it and stuff uh, and, like my best friend Dreams he was like super obsessed with it and he had all these toys and watched WCW and I remember the first match I ever saw was Goldberg and Hulk Hogan like I think it was like a Nitro or something and uh, that's like the oldest memory I have but it's all it was always around but I really got into it because uh, my dad one day he put on Raw and then like The Rock you know the promo of the rock happened and my dad was just like oh yeah this guy's a new guy he's a new guy he's bad and my dad was really into the ufc you know and he's always loved fighting and ultimate fighting and ken shamrock was feuding with uh with the rock at the time yeah and then my dad was like oh ken shamrock's gonna whoop his ass he's gonna whoop his ass so he's a, you know he's a real fighter and then uh but i saw the rock and the rock he just was like entertaining and he was cool you know and then like I would kind of tune in every, like in you know, every Thursday or so for SmackDown, and then uh, yeah, I just slowly got hooked, you know. And especially when I saw like uh, the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian that whole feud, like mm-hmm. like around that time, I just knew I was completely hooked, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I love I love the hardcore wrestling and of the style, and then I, and then what they were doing at the time I had never seen, you know. So. Yeah, like, that's how I really got into, like, wrestling, you know. Uh, indie wrestling, I didn't really know too much about it. My dad got, like, a black box. I don't know, if, like, you know. you know Oh, you yeah, know?
0: I remember those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you know, like, all the channels, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: My dad got this black box. I think I was, like, must have been, like, 12 or something. And I remember there was a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, and it said wrestling. And I was like, what's this? And I remember tuning in, and it was, like, you know, low-budgeted, but I remember the first thing that blew my mind, Kevin Steen bombed this. Okay. Kevin Steen and El Generico came out, you know, and they did a run in and he powerbombed somebody in the corner. And I had never seen that before. And I was like, he fucking killed him, you know, <laughs> like, blew my mind. Yeah. And, uh, that, I remember seeing ring of honor there. And I remember hearing about pro wrestling gorilla, you know, but I like, kind of like, it was kind of like, kind of like, never really dawned on me that it was around here,
0: you
1: know? Yeah. You know, know, a kid in high school and stuff, you kind of just, like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're you're only into, like, what's on TV, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really know too much about indie wrestling, and it was actually when I went to, like, Santino Bros, and uh, they had, like, the first student showcase on Thursdays is when I went to my first, like, independent wrestling show. It was, like, at the school. Oh, wow, okay. And there was, like, only, like, 10 people there. (laughs) But then uh, I remember seeing, like... Peter Avalon and Ray Rosas in a tag team against, uh, Los Banditos who are bad do Tito and Rico. And that was the main event. And I just remember they, had a banger a straight up banger in front of like 10 people and then i remember i was training at the time and i started i was barely starting to understand what wrestling was and how to put matches together and i just remember thinking like damn i don't think i can do that <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think i i can remember all that stuff you know yeah but uh that was my first indie wrestling show and then my friend nick um who i used to train with took me to pro wrestling gorilla for the very first time. And then I was just like, I but I didn't know like all these like indie darlings would be there. Like Kevin Steen, who I was. Yeah. In- Mark four, you know, and I remember right when I walked in, like I didn't know what I was getting myself into, you know, Uh, right when I walked in, I saw Kevin Steen and Ricochet. And those are my two favorite wrestlers and like my jaw dropped and I kind of like, you know, just like put my head down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I, that was my first indie show and it was great. And I remember it was a all-star like, like indie, like indie show, but that was like all-star weekend. I think like nine or 12. I don't even remember, man. It was 2012, I believe or 2013. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but it was an all-star weekend yeah
0: yeah it's awesome see especially yeah. when uh you go from like watching wwe to like seeing like ring of honor stuff i remember the first time i started watching indie wrestling i was like look at all these moves look at- oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like how does i didn't know there-, there were this many moves and and everyone's got like you know everyone's scre- the announcers are screaming out names you never heard before you're like wait yeah. what? what's happening right now it's you know, I you're used to just like German suplexes and suplexes over and over again when you're watching WWE. You know, it's, it's oh yeah, different
1: it is and kicks. You know, <laughs> yeah.
0: especially at the time. Now it's different. Now you got like NXT, and they have like you know, basically they they started adapting what's what was on the indie scene. But at the time, oh. that was not the case.
1: But oh no, not at all. Yeah.
0: So when you're learning about you know. Uh, Wrestling, you're learning to train, you're starting to train wrestling, you know, you get the first shock of like taking bumps and all that. But yeah. also there's the whole psychology aspect. Um, how did you, how was the learning curve for you for that? How did you respond to that idea? You're like, wait, there's like, it's not just doing moves. We actually get to like, it's like a story. Like how did, how did you react to that?
1: Um, well, it was like, I get, I don't know if it's where I trained, but it was like very mysterious when I was you know learning because um, you know at sentis we drill and drill and drill so uh, I was learning a lot of these things but nobody really explained why you know <laughs> so there was this whole thing where I didn't really know how matches worked, you know until like, three months into training, you know, I had to ask, it's like, I had to ask a lot of questions and I like a lot of times, cause especially like when you go to like a big school, you know, and there's like 20 people in a class or like 15, then there's not that one-on-one time for them to explain to you. And a lot of times they kind of just like assume that, you know, so I had to ask a lot of questions like, Hey, why am I doing this? Or what, what does it mean when I do this up and over, you know, like, and then I have to do these arm drags or like, I you know, I, I like I took my first bumps, like, you know, the first week of training uh and uh, i remember the first bump it hurt i remember me getting whiplash and everything but they, you know all that all that stuff with repetition they came but i kept doing it and doing it and we're getting up a certain way and i'm just like why the fuck do i have to get up this way you know why can't i get it and like it kind of like i know i wasn't asking the right questions but when i started asking the right questions i started understanding how matches were put together. And then I could watch matches, and then I realized, like, oh, there's a structure to matches. And then I'd watch a match, like, from, like, Mexico, and I'd bring it to my uh, my trainer, Robbie, and be like, hey, Robbie, chaos, like, what the heck? Like, I don't understand, like, they did, they started the heat in the beginning, like, what's – and then they kind of explained to me, like, hey, like, every you know, structures are, you know, they vary from styles, you know, and uh, – because I was always taught, you know, to do big moves at the end of the match. And then, you know, here I watched Teddy Hart. He did a Canadian show right at the beginning. And I was like, Robbie, what does this mean? You know, <laughs> <laughs> just like, like, you know, so I, yeah. I was really con- I was, you know, sort of confused about psychology and everything. And uh, but all that stuff, you know, it came through asking questions. I had to ask a lot of questions because nobody wanted to you know explain things to me or <laughs> yeah. like you know it just nobody's really out there you know unless you ask but I, that's why my trainer at chaos always tells like just ask all the fucking questions you have you know yeah somebody will have an answer for you
0: <laughs> i always say it on this podcast because i've had a few people who have trained with uh chaos and chaos is one of the most underrated dudes from from the oh, scene yeah. like i loved his xpw stuff he was like a diamond in the, in the rough of XPW. Like huh. I always thought chaos, like could have easily gone WWE made it huge done whatever. Cause he was so talented yeah. and so charismatic. Oh, yeah. uh, but also super hard worker. That's yeah. And well,
1: too, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not surprised that he was like, you know, drill, 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 because yeah. that's the kind of work rate he has. Um, what about like the social aspect of wrestling? The, you know, the locker room etiquette, the, uh, how you How you talk to other wrestlers, all that stuff, how was that for you
1: um man that I think that was the hardest thing for me to adapt to you know um because uh I came from Brazilian jiu jitsu and like martial arts you know I, I' did that since I was like twelve, you know, and I started wrestling when I was nineteen, and I always had that like machismo attitude, you know even though I was small and in wrestling, we're taught to, you know, take care of each other and everyone has to be everyone's friends because our lives are on the line, you know. And uh, it wasn't really something I was used to. So the shaking of the hands, uh, that was really hard for me because I knew some people were talking shit about me, you know. <laughs> and especially, uh, you know, you know, and then that goes with any job you're in, you know. There are people are who not everyone's going to like you. You know, you can have 10 people who love you, but one, there's always going to be that one person who doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, you know. Um, so to me that was kind of hard to like swallow my pride but then I feel like you know a little down a little long down the line I learned that it's to make peace in the locker room and regardless of whatever heat you have with somebody whatever you think of him you know it's so that there's no tension in the locker room and it's like the shaking of the hands is really important because it sets egos aside and it shows that hey we're all here for the same reason and that's you know, to entertain the audience and nothing else. Bullshit aside, I might have to wrestle you. I might fucking hate you, you know, but I might have to wrestle you and I might have to put my life on the line when I do that dive to the outside because I need you to catch me, you know? And that's, so I kind of learned that, you know, so, yeah, yeah, I, so the stuff like that was a lot, it was hard for me to, you know, because I was never, like, a fake type of person. Like, I wouldn't shake your hand if I didn't like you, you know. Mm. I was always, like, the type of, like, you know, like. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I learned, you know, to be really humble because of it all, and, like, the etiquette is something that wrestling needs, and I feel like it is getting a little lost because, uh, I mean, now, like, I mean, now, even, even now I'll, I'll go like to locker rooms and, uh, the, the main guys, the people who were on TV, the names, you know, or like, you know, bigger names, um, they won't shake your hand. They wait for you to come up to them, you know? And it's kind of like a a one-upsmanship. And then yeah. I always thought that, hey, when I show up first to a show, you know, I'll shake everyone's hand who, you know, who came first. But if you come after, you know, you would have to come up to me. And that's what I always thought. But then you kind of learn the politics, like, oh no, you know, sometimes that guy is not going to come. He's going to wait for you for him, for him you to go up to him, you know? Yeah. And little by little, you. I mean, even if you think that guy's like, you know, you're better than him or whatever, you know, or, you know, uh, you just have to swallow your pride. So, uh, I learned to like swallow my pride and just be humble, you know, no no matter what situation I'm in, but it was, it was rough for me. Yeah. Yeah. There was,
0: there was times when I was, you know, working at, uh, like all pro wrestling or, or big time wrestling up here in Northern California. And I was like 19 years old and they would bring in names for like autograph signings and stuff like that, you know? So when you get like, you know, Bret Hart, or Billy Gunn, or all these guys coming in, and they walk up to you and they're like, Hey, how's it going? And they go to shake your hand, and you're oh, like yeah. a socially awkward 19 year old kid. You're like, uh, uh, Hello? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very huh. weird. So then the idea yeah. that you gotta walk around and like shake every certain person's hand, it's like, especially when you're new, it's kind of like, it's kind of intimidating.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very intimidating. Especially when people are talking and they're going over things, you know, you're like, I don't know, maybe I should yeah. just say, Hey.
0: Yeah. What, what's the line between interrupting them? and yeah. sh- you have to shake their hands so you're like
1: yeah But then that just comes like, oh, now I got to remember to shake that guy's hand, or I'm going to get heat, you know? Fuck, I got to think about my match too. And uh, there are times (laughs) where I've messed up like that, you know, like just by doing that, like, okay, maybe I need to talk to this guy a little later. And then I just totally forget to even say hi to him. And then he kind of just looks at me like, you know, fuck that guy, you know? (laughs) Or he remembers, you know, and then every single time you say hi to him, he always remembers that one time where he he thinks you faved him, you know? (laughs) So... Let's go
0: into a little bit about uh, style. Uh, okay. What kind? What kind of style did you want to work when you Ooh, first started? And how did that evolve? And did it evolve? Did it change into what you eventually ended up doing?
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, um, I love technical wrestling. You know, love technical wrestling from lucha libre to you know American style uh, catch, 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 catches catch and catch can. You know, I love, I, I love that. Um, and coming from a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu background, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to implement kind of like stunt Brazilian Jiu Jitsu choreography into my wrestling and which I was doing and it was good. Um, and especially with my trainer Chaos, he's like really all about technical wrestling, you know, as, as much as he was a hardcore wrestler because his trainer was Dynamite D and he was, you know, a good technical wrestler. So uh when, you know, Santino Bros revolved around, you know, technical wrestling, really, you know, and psychology. So I wanted to be good at that, you know, because I felt like the best wrestlers were good at that calling in the ring, you know, and then, um, you know, being technical and having – uh you know, being moves and moves ahead of you know what whatever you're thinking. Uh, I w- I wanted to do that, and it wasn't really working for me. You know, because I'm so I'm really small, and people really didn't understand. You know, and I feel like wrestling there's a whole culture. You know that uh, that people want to be entertained. You know, versus uh, more more than everything looking realistic. People want to be entertained. You know, and I felt mm-hmm. like I had something that could be very entertaining, and that was my high-flying Lucha Libre, you know? And uh, I didn't really start at it until, like, two years in career. I was trying to be technical, and I just would come out with just trunks, you know, and kick pads, and, you know. My name came from uh, my trainers, but they never gave me a gimmick, you know? So I always struggled with finding myself, you know? And I was thrown in there six months into wrestling, too. So, I mean, six months into the training, and I was really fast. And I didn't really have everything together. You know, I barely knew how to put together matches, uh, but they believed in me and it worked. <laughs> but I did struggle because I didn't know what I wanted to be. And um, I went from, uh, you know, wrestling technically to trying this Lucha Libre stuff out and painting my face and trying to be this like cabaret thingy. I don't even know, like this dark carnival type of guy. I don't know. I still don't know what the fuck I was trying to be. <laughs> and <laughs> still to this day. And uh yeah, the, and then the lucha libre was working for me and everything. But uh and we're training with Los Luchas and that's what my trainer Cassie's like, you gotta train with Los Luchas are the best. You know, they're the best. Uh <laughs> and uh I started training with Los Luchas and that's when I really started excelling in Lucha Libre and I started really getting it and saying like hey I'm fucking good at this stuff. Like the technical wrestling I am good at it, but I can be really good at this stuff. And it's something that I could, you know, excel at, you know? And so I started training that. And then eventually, like, my trainer, Chaos, you know, came up with, like, The Fly. He would just call me The Fly as, like, a joke, you know? And then I thought, like, hmm, I can turn this into a gimmick. So then I really started implementing the Lucha Libre because, you know, now I had a character to go along with it. Uh, but, yeah, it's it it slowly it slowly started from me doing technical wrestling. And then I just realized, like, I'm I, I'm good at this stuff, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out, and then still to this day I haven't you know changed, and that's the style that I do. Yeah, so, yeah, a, yeah.
0: So you fully embraced the lucha. You went you went full on in on it. Oh
1: yeah, full on. Not old lucha though, like modern yeah. lucha that you see like at the crash. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a fucking circus. We're gonna do big moves in the beginning, right at the fucking start of the match. You know, but yeah. that just. Then you just know at the end we have more to give, you know, and that's the style that I want. And I know that's not the style I could do everywhere, but I try my my best, and then I always ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, so. you know,
0: but you also have the technical base, which is going to help you no matter what. So, oh yeah, most definitely. So I, I I just saw recently. I guess they just had a show. I think it was yesterday where it rained out, but they had they were like rain or shine, we're going to have the show. Like because they were outside. Oh. <laughs> and- yeah. So somebody posted they were like, "Hey, uh this is why you need to know technical wrestling because when the w- ropes are wet and you can't springboard." He's like, yep. "We had to put on a show for these people that were here." <laughs> and I was like, "That's yeah, a good exactly. point." Wrestling, especially indie wrestling used to be a lot more mat technical based in the early 2000s especially. Okay, uh yeah. like when like when like when Mike Modest was doing his stuff and uh and like Scoot Andrews and like ROH especially in the early ROH, you'll see them like you know, ground wrestle for like the first five minutes of a match. And you're like, oh. this is, you know, and then eventually it all kind of melded together with like, you know, doing high-flying stuff. But that's like what modern indie wrestling is now. Now you do everything. You have to be able to do everything. Otherwise, yeah, you, you-
1: be universal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's weird how, you know, especially from, you know, you're a mixed martial arts background, how it evolved almost the same way. Whereas before UFC would be like, we're going to have a karate guy versus a boxer. And you're like,
1: yeah. this is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And now it's like, you have to be able to do everything to be uh, successful. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Lucha versus American style and crowd work. Cause Lucha oh. crowds are very different from American crowds, uh, a lot yeah. more rambunctious. Uh, that's why I love Lucha crowds. They're it's so much fun. Uh, how did you come about, you know, you're crafting a persona, you're crafting yourself. How do you go about working the crowd and then working different crowds with different styles?
1: Um... Well, the, lucha, the, the difference between like the lucha crowd and the American crowd is that the American crowd is all synchronized, you know, and they could be synchronized. And the, like, if, if you're at a real re- like indie wrestling show and uh, at a lucha show, people are all over the place, you know? Um, and with a synchronized audience you could do certain gestures and it could change the whole dynamic of the whole match. And it could change the whole aura, you know, like, for example, if I were to do this, like at a PWG or like a bar wrestling, then like the fans will go, Whoa, and they all synchronize. And then when I do that one thing, you know, that and it, the crowd will be trained to pop already you know so i I feel like with American audiences the crowd is trained to pop whereas the Mexican audiences they're waiting for something to happen more or less you know and uh and when it does happens, you won't get a reaction like the American audience you know you'll get the whole oh and the cl- and then the chuckle in the horn you know it's it's a lot it's a lot. It's a lot different, the feel and the aura. But working the, the audience, um, when it comes to, like, the lucha crowd, you really just need to say a couple of things or you have there, or you have to be a certain look you know uh per se like uh just it's it's all just a culture thing you know it's really all just a culture thing that's why guys like brian cage and stuff in over in uh, mexico were such good heels you know because they're the huge american guys you know and then you have all these little tiny luchadors and they're the real underdogs you know to these american guys and the american guys don't speak english you know Mm -hmm. and they're talking shit to these mexicans and uh english who don't understand them and that really was going to rile them up because then it becomes racing you know and that's what lucha libre is you know yeah (laughs) you know it take it's a little it's uh you know it's 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 intense it's intense but it's different you know and the american audience i feel like the american audience they have already accepted that it's a show you know whereas the mexican audiences they're still a little skeptical about it you know yeah (laughs) so uh yeah so that's, that's the difference uh, to me, you know, but like working on, you know, the American audience, they'll be trained to say a certain thing at a certain time, you know, or say a holy shit at a certain time. And, uh, but in the Mexican audience, they kind of are just expecting you to do that stuff already, you know? And when you do, they'll, they'll, you'll get a great pop, you know, but it's not, it's different, you know, it's just different. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the, uh, the American audience is almost too synchronized at this point. It's it gets to the point where like, oh, yeah. uh, okay, you give me one or two like this is awesome chance. Okay, that's fine. But once you yeah. start getting to fight forever and all this, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm over that shit, man. Like I'm done. Yeah. I can't. But you I'm know
1: like, what? That's that's fun for them. Like the the yeah. you know, wrestling fans, they see it on YouTube, they see it all you know on TV, and they when they come to a wrestling show, it's kind of like therapeutic for them to say that stuff.
0: You yeah. Know?
1: So I, 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 I'm, I'm always okay with it, but I could see how, if you're going to wrestling shows constantly, you're like, okay, guys, not yeah. every show it's fight forever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, yeah. At some point you're kind of like, well, fight forever, but also like there's traffic and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially, you know, if you're living in LA, you're like, come on, eh, I got yeah. to do uh, I live
1: seven miles away, but it's going to take 40 minutes to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how old are you now? I'm 27,
0: 27. So. Super young for wrestling. However, you've wrestled already for what seven years?
1: Yeah, about yeah, yes, yeah. seven, yeah, eight seven years. Year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, coming uh, up eight.
0: yeah. I I saw on your you know on you know the cage match database online tons of promotions every year. So you're getting around, which is awesome. Uh, you're not you know you're not afraid to take a booking, which is great because that's what you need to do when you're yeah. a younger wrestler. But also, uh, you know, you ma- you managed to have a pretty high profile gig on on WWE. Which was, yeah. uh, you know, against the Miz and Shane McMahon. Uh, so I'm curious about that. I'm curious about how that, how you get reached out to for something like that. You know, you're on the indie scene, and then all of a sudden you hear that you get, you might get to do something with the WWE. So how does that start?
1: Well, um, it all started by just knowing somebody who. Um Worked for the company. I, uh, as, as you know, Brian Kendrick used to be the trainer uh, at Santino Bros. He was a, a trainer, he had a whole class and everything. And I remember. Joey Chaos tell me like, hey, I want you to train with everybody. Just don't train with me. He's like, train with most people, most people you possibly can, and then learn from everybody. And I told him, okay, I want to go to Brian's class. And he's like, okay, go. I'll talk to Brian, but you might have to pay. And then, luckily, you know, Brian was nice enough, you know, just, just to have me there, you know. And so I was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, he's such a good guy too. So I, I owe him a lot. Uh, but yeah, I did Brian's whole class. I did a whole two whole two of his whole courses. You know, it's it was about like almost a year. Uh, and you know, I got to know him and he's, you know, he trusted me. He, uh, I was trained Eve Marie with him and I got to train Ronda Rousey once too. Uh, so he really trusted me and, uh, I feel like, uh, well, the first time he hit me up for it, he was like, Hey, do you want to do extra work? And then I guess I got the wrong blood test and I kind of messed that up. I was like, Oh, Brian's probably never going to ask me ever again. <laughs> it's like such a huge fuck up, you know? And then he asked me again, like, Hey, uh, do you want to do, uh, you know, uh, extra work this weekend? It's like four days. And I was like, yeah, I'll get the right blood test this time and everything. He's like, okay, great. <laughs> so I got the right blood test and me and the Delilah both did, uh, we both went together in, the yeah, man. It, I just it just came from knowing Brian Kendrick, you know, and uh you know, I, I got that email from John Cohn, who was uh uh who's a I believe referee. Yeah. He set it up for me and then yeah, and everything was cool, you know. <laughs> He's like, John's gonna hit you up and John hit me up eventually and then I emailed him back, sent him everything I needed to, and it was just from there just show up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Show up and wear a suit. <laughs> yeah,
0: well it's also, you know, you know, it's you say it's it's you know you're knowing someone, but it's also being in the right right place, you know what I mean? As far as yeah. like yourself, you know. I mean, he's not gonna recommend you if he doesn't believe in what you're doing, because at that point, WWE looks at him like, Why are you sending us these fucking scrubs? You know what I mean? Like if he sends the wrong guys, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know, it's it's not just knowing him. It's, you gotta actually be good enough and know that you're good enough to to do something like that. So nah. Now you're getting, you get the call, you go there. What's it like when you get there? What's the vibe? Like, what do you notice okay. when you first get there? And what's your mindset when you're like, okay, I I I, grew, I got into wrestling watching SmackDown.
1: And yeah. now I'm at a WWE arena. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, well, we we first did like NXT and then it was like Survivor Series and then Raw, you know. But like when we first showed up to like NXT, and it's the same building. It's the Staples Center, you know. yeah. So Like when we first show up, it was like. Uh, it was pretty surreal because I've never like I've been to the Staples Center plenty of times, you know. Watch like fucking basketball and wrestling, you know SummerSlam, and like just be to be back there was fucking cool, you know. Coming with a fucking bag and I'm like, oh god, you know. Uh, but uh, we we meet up with we meet up with somebody like an agent or something, and then he, we have to sign papers. But right as I walk at like we're the like the first one of the first people I saw was fucking Triple H, just like walked down the hallway and he looked at me and he went like that. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, (laughs) I mean, like, I I didn't know whether to say hi, but he was on, you know, he was on his way. And that's like the thing about when you're like a WWE locker room, I realized that everyone is busy. And if you can say hi to somebody, like just, you know, give them the, the, the nod. But, uh, if you can shake their hand, if you're close enough then do it. Yeah. But, uh, I was like the first person I saw, you know, and then later on I saw Stephanie walking too, which was cool. (laughs) Uh, I didn't, but I didn't get to say hi to her, but, uh, yeah, just, just being in, just being in the back first, like in the hallway. And then they brought us to catering and when you're at catering, everybody's fucking there, you know? Uh, and it was, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, I saw some, a a couple of familiar faces, you know, who worked on the indies and stuff. So that was really nice. And, uh, it's just a different. It was just a, it was a different aura because you go you're in an indie locker room. You have to say hi to everybody, but when you're backstage in WWE, everyone's busy, you know. And you still have to keep that locker room etiquette, which is like it's a it's a lot different because I would say like once you're talking to somebody or anything like if you're near someone enough, then you can say hi or just you know give them the nod or whatever. But yeah, it was it was a lot different. The the, the feeling was a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: How good is the catering? I've, everyone talks about the greatness of WWE catering.
1: Oh, man. The catering was so good. So, okay. So, this is, this, the, the catering is what leads up to my match, right? Okay. So I got to say this story. <laughs> All right. So, first day, I was like, damn, am I going to do anything? So, I didn't really eat too much, you know? and then uh, you know i didn't get picked you know to do anything second day happens the survivor series i definitely knew i was going to do anything so i ate a lot and i was like oh cuz the catering is great you know it's always really good especially the breakfast they had like everything you need right so uh, that happens and then the like you know third day raw ha- comes eat again you know i just like fuck it i'm not going to i'm not going to get chosen you know so i eat again so smackdown happens right and i'm thinking okay i'm definitely not going to get chosen to do anything it's been 3 days already Right, I eat and I eat and I eat. And then uh, I think it was Scott Armstrong comes to the back. And then he's just like, hey, all the extras, put on your gear. You're going to have a tryout match right now. And I was just like, what? you know and I was like, I was like, right now you know and he was like yeah everyone everyone go you know go to the ring and then everyone rushes to get their gear and i'm there and i'm like the last one to get up because i'm like thinking like maybe i could hide you know like because <laughs> i just don't like at the time i'm just like man i ate so much i'm just gonna embarrass myself or throw up you know and that's like the one thing i don't want to happen and then uh you know me and delilah talking like, just let's just go let's just go so then we I put on my gear and I want my friend uh, Keita Murray. You know, I don't know if you know Keita mm-hmm. He was my partner on uh, SmackDown, my tag partner. Uh, but anyway, so he was like, he's my friend, so we're talking the whole entire time. You know, we're next to each other. He's black, and I'm like the only Mexican. You know, there and uh, and our gear is like you know neon. You know, and so we kind of look like a tag team, I guess. But we were just talking, you know. And then uh, there's like about like 20 of extras, and only a couple of us are going to get matches, right? so then Scott Armstrong and Dean Malenko look over and then they're like, you too, you know? And then we're like, you know, waiting in the back. And we're like, Oh, are like you 2 You're going to wrestle these two guys. And it's like Eric Watts and Hobo, you know, from championship wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah. And these are people we've worked before with. So I was like, okay, cool. So we get in the ring and we have to call the match in the ring. We don't like, we don't talk about it or anything. They just want us to call it and see how we work. Just, you know, see if we could work. And, me and Eric Watts have had plenty of matches, but you know, so we call it and it's good, you know, and uh, they see us work and they see our fire. And after I get, I go back, like, okay, that was good. Nothing, nothing's going to happen. And then Dima Lincoln was like, hey, you two, you're going to have a match today on SmackDown. And I was just like, oh shit, like today? Like, are yeah. you going to go? Like they're like yes, and then uh, we're talking about it. You know, he's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Come over here, and then he just said, you're gonna wrestle the Shane, Shane and the Miz, and I was just kind of like, it, it, too much was happening. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's like, you're gonna wrestle Shane and the Miz, and I like, like you know, Shane McMahon is one of my favorite wrestlers. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So it's not even to go, like
0: yeah. you're gonna wrestle like you know a regular wrestler or like yeah. a mid card <laughs> or like a name. No, no, you're gonna wrestle a millionaire who's also the boss's son. So. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't fuck him up.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it was so intimidating. And then Demolinko, he explains the finish to the match. He's like, uh, he's like, can you do a small package? And I'm like, yeah, I can do a small package. And it was just funny because I was just teaching the guys at Santino's how to do a small package that week. And I was like, oh, I know how to do a small package. And so I showed him, I showed him the small package. And then he was like, all right, this is what's gonna happen. You do da 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 da. You're laying down, and then you pin them one, two, three. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then, like ten seconds later, I was like, "Wait, I'm gonna win, like, huh?" And then you know, he's Kida's like, "Dude, you're winning. You know, we're, we're gonna win tonight." And I was like, "Does that mean they're gonna bring us back?" And I was like, <laughs> he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> you know, all these things are going through my head. I'm just like, "What?" You know. And then, like, talking, to, eventually, uh, the Miz comes down, and you know, you know, despite his persona on, you know, TV. He's such a really cool guy, man. And they didn't want to give us offense, you know, in which we never got, uh, but the Miz wanted to give me offense. He was like, yeah. And then, you know, I want you to fire up on me and give me a nice drop kick. You can do a drop kick. Right. And I was like, Mr. Miz, I can do a great drop kick. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So then, uh, you know, and then, uh, we go to the back and then Shane had this idea and he was like, yeah, And then we go tag back and forth. And, you know, it was gonna be kind of like, we get a little bit in, and then Road Dog came out and he was like, no, no, that's not gonna happen. Your dad's not gonna want that, you know? And then Shane is kind of like, kind of fighting it a little bit. He's like, I think, you know, it'd be kind of good. And then like, and then he's like, do you want to talk to your dad about it? And then like, Shane was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, kind of don't want to go around. It's go there, you know? So mm-hmm. all that was like vetoed, you know? <laughs> all our offense. Uh, but yeah like the miz was like super cool you know miz was super cool everyone was like everyone was so cool you know uh, I was really intimidated going into it, but yeah, everyone was like super cool. And then uh, we go out, we do the match. Uh, and, uh, oh, <laughs> I remember uh, them saying like, oh, if he doesn't get up on this move, give it to him, you know? So I was like, oh man, I have to, I have to make sure I'm there for that big boot, you know? Which never happened because they had like three different scenarios. They were like, okay, this is one scenario, this is one scenario, this is another scenario. And I had to remember all of them. And I'm thinking like, damn, this is just a fucking squash match. <laughs> yeah, there's just like
0: so many contingencies yeah. for any moment.
1: Yeah. And he was, yeah. So road dog was like, if he's not there for the big boot would never happen because we went with, they went with a different scenario. And he was like, yeah, then give it to him. So I was like, okay, I have to remember all this stuff. And I ended up, you know, the match ended up having, having, it was great. You know, it was fun. And my phone just blew up, you know, like, like, fucking had friends hitting me up and showing me that, like, I was in number one trend on Twitter in the United States, you know, which was cool uh, for like a very short time. They're like, I think it was like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was really fun, man. It was a really good experience. And yeah, it just happened so suddenly, you know. So yeah. the only show that in wrestling, you just have to be ready at all times.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Like, anything can happen. Yeah. You could, you know, go yeah. over on The Miz and The Boss's Son on like <laughs> yeah. on, on national television. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird. That's why I always say wrestling is weird, man. Wrestling is so yeah. fucking weird, but that's why it's great.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I love wrestling. Super random. And it's like, we you know when you, uh, place the first SmackDown on the PS one, you know, JR says anything can happen in the world wrestling federation, you know? And they're like, it kind of, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Know? Anything can happen, man. <laughs> anything. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, uh, when you're doing the, the tryout match stuff, who's hanging around? I know, uh, A lot of times uh, people say that there's just everyone just sitting around in the seats, just kind of just chilling.
1: Yeah, you know, because the the superstars, they're either waiting to get in the ring or they had been in the ring already. and They're just kind of hanging around and they're talking to agents or they're just, you know, just chilling by ringside. So like we had like New Day there. Uh, Damn, I I think I think Mark Henry was there. Uh, Yeah, just like, you know. You know, I, I wasn't really paying attention, but there was, you know, like uh, Oscar was there, I believe. I'm not too sure. Hi, yeah, but yeah, you know, there was yeah. there, there was people hanging around, you know, yeah. And did, uh, and now, now it's also scary too because you're having a practice match in front of these people, and then you're kind of like, because Kofi was there, and, you know, I really look up to Kofi, so I was just kind of like, damn, I hope he doesn't think I suck, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's always kind of like in the back of your mind, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because now you're thinking like, wait, after like a year or two in the business, I was already breaking down matches in my mind you're like and these people have been doing it for how long and they're they're yeah. obviously gonna see and they're gonna be judging every little thing I do and how I do it so yeah it's, yeah. yeah it's weird um and uh did you get any uh any of your buddies on the indie scene you know joking around with you about hey what's up superstar anything like that after uh oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah I, yeah
1: of course I, a lot a lot of my friends they joke around like that you know <laughs> no nah, but it's all fun it's all fun you know yeah of course yeah I remember my, my friend Ricky, he sent me a picture of like dogs looking at a TV and then he was just like, yeah, when one of your friends makes it, you know, because <laughs> we had not talked like in a whole week, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Like little, yeah, just little things like that. Yeah.
0: Brother, it's about that time. The booker has ran out. He's screaming. It's time to take it home. But however, this is no, you know, hard rules here. It's just some questions. If you feel like digressing, feel like expounding on any of these, please do. Yeah. There's no big deal here. Any favorite road stories of yours?
1: Road stories. Oof. Yeah, I got a road story for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. One time I got stranded in Vegas. Okay. That's like the, that was the scariest road story. Um, just because we were at FSW and my friend Nick, you know, I'm with Nick. Uh, I don't know who you, if you know who Hoss Hogg is. He's a part of True you know. Uh, Sounds familiar. We're a tag team here in Southern California. Uh, and then I was with my friend Biagio. Okay. And so, and it's like my training partner still to this day. And then, you know, we, we wrestled down there, his car is shit, you know, the show happens and everything. His birthday was the day before. And then Mary, mind you, we're 19 year old kids, you know, so we don't know how to, you know, use our money properly. And there is a lot of confusion happened. I spent all the money on beer because it was his birthday
0: and beer <laughs> in know? Vegas is expensive. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was his 21st birthday, you know, so I was like, you know, we, so that happened. So then we didn't have money to, to go back, you know, like gas money, really. And then his car fucking overheats. Yeah. And then we're trying to get jumps all day. Uh, we're trying to push it around. We end up sleeping at a hotel lobby, you know, and you're kicking, getting kicked out, going to another one, pretending like, you know, we're guests there and eating breakfast because we don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, luckily enough, we push it fucking to the MGM. Uh, grand in the in the parking lot, and they told us that they're gonna tow it away in a couple of days. And then my friend, you know, his his car was fucked, and it's been fucked for a long time. So he kind of was just like, we're gonna leave it behind, All right? And then luckily, uh, Gregory Sharp, you know, uh, who's a wrestler in, at FSW, God bless him because he came through and we're just a bunch of kids, man. We don't know any better. So he gave us money to take the mega bus, you know, and it was been it was two days and we're starving and then he fucking gave us uh, Burger King, he brought us Burger King and everything and yeah, and he, and he paid for our tickets to get back and everything and that was like a lot of money, you know, that was like wow. $30 each, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he was... He's super nice about it but yeah, it was just that whole day starving and then us turning on each other you know like we're starving but my my friend hoss ha- actually had a little bit of money so we went to wendy's but we didn't tell the other guys and we had to come back <laughs> like, oh, you know it, it just it was yeah the humanity came out of us you know yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah but yeah that's that's one of the the you know the road stories that i always remember is you know you know being out there in the desert in the heat you know stranded and turning on your friends and, and and then it all comes down to like we all have to come back you know together and everything yeah. on a bus and on the bus ride there we're looking at each other like oh, did that all just really happen like yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's my that's my best memory you know Fantastic
0: wrestling. Uh, you know, it's a physical thing, but I also consider wrestling a very creative thing. If you weren't doing wrestling, what would be your creative outlet?
1: Oh, um, well, I do like graphic designing and stuff, you know, uh, I think that I got into it more because of wrestling and I had to start making like flyers and, you know, video projects, and, you know, and that I would, I would edit the Santino bro show for years, you know, up until like it stopped uh, recently at, before the pandemic. So like, I think I would have kind of ventured into that. I think that if I wasn't wrestling, that I would probably still be in wrestling, but doing something else, you know, yep. <laughs> most definitely. But uh, yeah, just wrestling and doing jujitsu, man. That was like, you know, that was my life, but I, I definitely would, you know, yeah, definitely try graphic designing any type of art, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, what's your favorite move or hold that you don't use?
1: Ooh, that I don't use.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh man. Move. <sighs> well, oh man, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, a move or hold that I never use. Um, I mean, I really like to, man i can i can do it sometimes though only depending if they're a small guy but i really like the mexican surfboard and turning into a dragon sleeper but i've only done it like two times in a match and that's because i was with a smaller person yeah Yeah, but that's that's i I just love it It looks it looks great you know it's really uncomfortable (laughs) yeah
0: it looks devastating
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 safe but it's really uncomfortable yeah i i love that um I love power moves. You know, I love, I love power bombs, but I can only do it to my uh, fiance <laughs> for some reason. I can only power bomb her. And it's like, it's actually like in our documentary where like there's a slow motion, uh, you know, capture of me power bombing her. And I was like, oh damn, that's how it looks when I power bomb somebody cool. <laughs> yeah, <nice. laughs> yeah, I never get to do it, but I love, yeah. Power bombs are awesome.
0: Uh, what's the craziest fan interaction you've had?
1: Oh man, <laughs> Uh, well, she—I'm she, sure she doesn't uh, come to shows anymore. But um, when I was like 20, this little girl came to santino bros and she was like probably like 15 or and then uh, she like i was in the locker room and she wouldn't leave unless i came i came to you know to the like to talk to her and i was just like okay whatever i I came back and then when she met me she started crying and then she showed me her like scars and stuff and said that like you know that yeah they said that like wrestling gave her like you know life and she doesn't want to kill herself anymore which is which is great you know but it just like was such a huge... There was no high but, or anything like that, you know. Yeah,
0: you're. How old are
1: you at this time? You said I was like 20. I was about 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's. That only, a, I think like, almost a year. <laughs>
0: that's a lot to take on, and you're like 20 years old. Like you're like.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah, and then <laughs> like like I said, like nobody even knew who I was. Like I had at this point, I haven't even had a t-shirt yet. You know. Yeah. yeah. And this this girl came up to me and was showing me her scars and then saying that like she was thinking about killing herself and but now she wants to be a wrestler and I, which was really good but it was just. It was insane because I'd never, i had never, yeah. no one has ever really came up to me and, and, you know, like showed me their scars and said they wanted to kill themselves without saying hi to me first. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was crazy. She just started crying. She just looked at me and she was just like that. And then like, I didn't know what to do. You know, just like, hey, yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. So, you're not emotionally equipped at 20 to, to handle oh, that.
1: No. Oh, no, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, now man. I think I would handle it a lot differently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, besides hurting you, what's mm-hmm. the worst thing someone could do when they're working with you in a match?
1: I guess just go into the business for themselves and go off script. You know, when we have, when we talk about something, uh, if they go off script and then kind of like do their own thing, that's the worst that could possibly happen for me. But I, and I'm okay with calling things on the fly when it's the right time, you know, but if it's like a, a critical part of the match, you know, and then it, like that, like that to me is like the worst thing that ha- that could happen. Like, uh, obviously like being hurt too, you know, but, uh, yeah, just because, uh, it's disrespectful to what, you know, to me and what we talked about and also the fans, you know, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be the worst scenario, you know, other than, you know, somebody totally like demeaning your race, you know, or fucking yeah. gender, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I know a uh, a buddy of mine, and I'm sure you've met him before, uh, Luke Hawks.
1: Okay, yeah, Luke, yeah,
0: yeah. When him and his uh and his son tag teamed at uh, the Crash Lucha. Oh, okay. Uh, his uh his son was in the ring, and the wrestlers that they were f- p- fighting against um basically took away his Shine completely, and just like completely.
1: That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's yeah. The- <laughs>
0: and, and he was like, yeah. he was like, it's gonna happen. You got to learn to be able to deal with it, but it's gonna happen eventually. Has that ha- has that happened with you? Where you're like. Oh. And how oh, do you yeah. handle it?
1: Yes. Um, man, I remember I wrestled for this place, Lucha Libre VIP, over here in Los Angeles. And we were wrestling these guys, the LA fuckers, you know? And and we were, I was in a faction uh, with this guy, Terex, and a couple of other people. Um, and we were called The Revelation. And I remember we had talked about whatever was going to happen. And these guys, they didn't like us for whatever reason. And, they, and we were... I, you know, I'm I'm really young, and they just beat the shit out of us. I remember this dude Piloto; he did a uh, a freaking uh, swan tom bomb, and he just landed completely on my face, and I was knocked out for a little bit. You know, wow. and uh, yeah, they just completely beat the shit out of us. And then I remember this. uh, this one dude he started attacking me, you know, so I shot on him and then Terex, who's like a he's a huge guy, you know, he split us up and then he just kind of like walked towards the guy and the guy got really scared, you know. So Terex had my back. It was kind of it was crazy. The match was all over the place. Like people were everywhere. They got our manager and they ripped his mask off, you know, and everything and yeah, and it was like a shoot. Like they didn't talk about it and everything. They completely just took his mask off. Yeah. Wow. It was it was it was crazy. And then uh, and then after Uh, The promoter, I don't know, there was a complete like shoot on us uh, for like, I I honestly think it was because our manager, they felt disrespected that he was wearing a mask, you know, and because he wasn't a luchador. And you know, when you're young, you don't really know what you're doing. They put you in this faction, and you're like, okay, I'm getting work, you know, and I like, I don't know what was going on. But I guess it was a guilty by association type of thing. And they just started beating the shit out of us and they took my manager ripped his mask off with which what they really wanted to do you know and then uh, after the promoter he called the girls because there was a bunch of girls on the show the girls to come and kick our ass you know so the girls came out and some of the girls knew what was up and some of the girls like thunder rosa didn't know anything and they just came they were kind of like just working like oh they said to come in and do a run-in you know but this girl lady lee grabbed me by the fucking hair you know and was just yanking me and i was like i don't know what the fuck to do you know yeah it's a girl i don't know if i'm gonna have to fight her or like what you know so then i just i just i fucking run you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just fucking run dude like you don't know what to do i got the yeah. fuck out of there you know Yeah, i was like i ain't getting my ass kicked by a bunch of chicks like yeah. <laughs> this is what crazy a shit show Holy yeah crack. yeah and then uh and then after we like we pissed and we never went back to that place again and luckily that was the last show that they ever did you know and uh and yeah even still to this day like i know those guys and i've trained with them before but yeah i always look at them and they'll look at me like we remember yeah <laughs> like, we remember what we did. i'm always like i know what you did you know it's cool though but i know what you did yeah <laughs> yeah but back then you're just so young and naive and you don't know any better you know and sometimes you find yourself in situations like that but you know that's why we train hard and at santino bros we're learned to be tough you know because anything can happen especially in lucha libre man anything yeah (laughs) yeah uh
0: yeah there's a lot with like lucha we've talked to guys here uh we've talked to some guys here who are you know white american dudes who have done lucha and they're always like oh yeah we're the ones who are going to get you know, uh, in, in a Lucha locker room, they're like, these fucking white guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah. shit. And then there's also, you know, the people from Mexico, they sometimes feud with the Mexican people from America in a Lucha. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. Like, they're like, mm, you're not really luchadors. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Or maybe it's wrestling. <laughs> maybe you could relax a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. When's the last time you were legitimately surprised by a worker in the ring?
1: Well, it's funny because actually my fiance. You know, like I remember when they told uh, they, they told me I wasn't a wrestler. I was kind of like, oh, you know, because uh, I only had one match with the girl before and it was it wasn't too good. You know, and they told me that it was going to be like, like it's champion versus champion match. So then uh, I I saw a couple of her matches and she was like fairly new, you know, like and uh And she wasn't used to wrestling guys with my style, you know, like Lucha Libre. So she was, you know, she was like a really slow paced, you know, she wrestled at a really slow pace. And then um, I'm the type of person when I wrestle somebody, I want to challenge you and I want to make you better, you know. And I saw this as an opportunity to have a match with a, a female who's coming up, you know, and a lot of people have eyes on her, you know, and to show that i could have a good match with fucking anybody you know and it was just the pride in me so i saw i watched all the intergender matches i possibly can the best ones right and i saw all of her matches and and uh i kind of put this match together and i and i knew it was going to be good and uh and i but i but i didn't think she could like really keep up you know because i had never seen her in a match like that and like on youtube or anywhere you know and uh we talk about it. And then she was like, you know, she was a little a bit shocked, you know, like uh, about the stuff we were going to do, you know, like right at the, at the start, I was like, I'm going to the floor in the beginning. And she's just like, huh, you know, and uh, like, I'm going to moonsault on you right at the start, you know? And these are usually things that, you know, you build up to, uh, but I just wanted to have like a complete banger and just keep building up to that, you know? And yeah. uh, I like, I, I kind of figured like, okay, I might have to like cut it short or, you know, depending on, you know, you know how she feels but uh man she showed that she could fucking go you know and we had a a great match still to my top five best matches i've ever had you know and it was a complete surprise because i wasn't thinking that we were gonna have that type of match you know Mm -hmm. although i did want it and i put it together that way but i just you know when you, you you don't know any better, you know, and then, uh, lots, a lot of times you underestimate people, you know, and, uh, I think everybody has that fighting spirit, you know, and it just takes that person to bring it out of you. And, and a lot of people are complacent or a lot of people don't want to challenge people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you start challenging people, then, you know, your matches get better and then you get better and that other person gets better and the fans really enjoy it. And, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of people have done it for me, you know, like guys like uh, Jacob Diaz and like Tony Depp and even, you know, Unbreakable Andy, uh, all these guys have made me a lot better, you know, uh, KTB. Uh, yeah. Wrestling, these guys uh, have made me a lot better. Uh, so, and I, I, I feel like every time I wrestle somebody, I want to do that too. So when, yeah, when I wrestled my fiance, you know, back then we weren't, we weren't dating yet, but yeah, when I wrest when I wrestled for the first time, uh, it was like pretty much like the first time we met, I wanted to give that, you know, but yeah. So, I think that was like the most surprising. I I I don't I don't think I was ever more surprised than that.
0: Has a booker tried to stiff you on money?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Oh man. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Uh I don't think yeah. any person we've had th- this will be the 32nd episode of this podcast or 33rd, um uh, not a single person has not had a booker stiff them on money.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, a lot, uh, a lot of times a promoter would pay me later on, you know, even if it's a month or two down, <laughs> you know, but, uh, man, i um, giving you less money. Yes, most definitely. Uh, it's happened, but I always call them out on it, you know, and they always act like, Oh really? There's not enough in there. Oh, here's another 20, you know, or whatever. Uh, let's see. Uh, one time I wrestled did the worst time was when I wrestled for this place. It was, uh, It was called Grindhouse out here, and I was the champion. And then uh, I had like I had dropped the title to my friend Pinky, you know. And the promoter, I remember RVD came and everything. He was like a special guest and all this stuff. And then the promoter was like, "Okay, hey, uh, I'll be back. I'm gonna go to the vendors to get get your pay." And we're like, "Okay." And the show was over, and we're waiting. He's nowhere to be found all right and then he's just gone and then his friend is like hey he said uh he said to go to the vendors to get your pay and then the vendors didn't know what the fuck we were talking about or anything so then he was like oh he said he's gonna go to the he said he's gonna go to the bank and he's gonna come and he's gonna get the money we're waiting there for two hours. It's fucking nighttime. Everyone's almost gone. And then we're realizing, like, hey, we're not going to get paid, you know? And then my friend Jarrell was like, well, he gave me a GameStop card, you know, <laughs> a gift card before he left. So I think he doesn't have any money, guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, yeah, and it was just – I remember us messaging him and messaging him and then just getting no reply. And then still to this day, nothing, you know? So, yeah, he, we did the show. He stopped being a promoter. He just dipped, completely dipped, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Still to this day.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I've had some people on here that I talk to that uh, they get stiffed by a promoter. And then I guess the promoter forgets. And then they'll message them being like, hey, I got a show. Do you want to work on it? They'll be like, I don't know. Are you going to pay me for the last one you didn't fucking pay me for? And oh, they'll be like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I'll, yeah. I'll get you this time for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like,
1: yeah. Yeah. That, yep, that oh, happens. Man. That definitely happens. Yeah.
0: Uh, what's the hardest you've laughed at an indie show?
1: Ah, man, I don't know. Maybe um, not at an indie show, but watching an indie show, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: when, uh, like, damn, at PWG. More, there's two at PWG. When, um, Usian Thunder Liger, when they did the thumb up the ass spot, and then there was the Human Centipede. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, uh, at, at a wrestling show, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I feel like I laugh at every wrestling show, man, at, at least once, you know. Okay. Yeah, but I believe yeah, yeah.
0: Are you are you uh, the person that tries to break another wrestler, or are you the person that gets bro- that gets broken by another wrestler? As far as them trying to make you laugh in the ring.
1: Oh, I get broken. Yeah, I'll laugh. I'll definitely. <laughs> yeah, if someone's trying to make you laugh, they probably are going to make me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: right, uh, uh, you've been to a lot of different promotions, been a lot of different places. Uh, what's the uh, worst gimmick you've seen?
1: Huh? Yeah, uh, a bowler. <laughs> yeah. A bowler? Yeah, this dude—he's come out. Uh, he doesn't wrestle anymore, but uh, he's come out uh, with a bowling outfit and the hat and everything. And he—you know—he didn't have gear, and he would—he was a bowler. But I really didn't understand how that really connected to wrestling at all, you know. <laughs> but okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the worst gimmick. I yeah.
0: We had uh, a guy on here. He talked about uh, there was a luchador uh, Mechanico, and uh, he was a mechanic, and. Uh, <laughs> And I, and I looked up his mask afterward and he has, like, wrenches on his mask and oh, everything. Maybe. I'm like,
1: I'm like what, what is this? Oh, there's a lot of terrible lucha gimmicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that funny. Mechanico, yeah.
0: You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Any former, you know, WWE, WCW, ECW guys uh, or just former big names on the indies that came to a show that thought they were bigger than the show, acted like they were bigger than the show, just really just rubbed you the wrong way? And like I said before, you don't have to name names if you don't want, but just, you know, anytime that's happened.
1: I mean, I won't say a lot of names, but a lot of guys at PCW, you know, Ultra were, were like that because, I mean, they did bring in a lot of names, you know. But when you, when you bring in a lot of names like that and you have an indie super show, I feel like if people weren't on shows with each other before, you know, or aren't in their little cliques, I feel like everyone acts like that with everybody you know but the, it's the people who are the younger guys who nobody really knows who get the most heat for it <laughs> you know but uh uh i mean like everywhere man like if you know when you're at PC, uh, pcw even like pro wrestling gorilla you know um yeah pro, pro wrestling is really homey though it's really homey but uh there you know there's there's people that rub you the wrong way everywhere everywhere yeah. you go you know and on any show you're at, you know, uh, especially if you're on a show with bigger names, you know, like when I was at Lucian Underground like I had a lot, Yeah, I got in trouble for not shaking hands, you know? And um, some of the people that I didn't shake their hands, they were fucking in the ring doing all these spots, you know? And it's just kind of like, be, and then like how I, what I was talking about earlier, where it kind of like, you don't know when to, and you kind of forget, you know? Uh, but yeah, some people will, would run me the wrong way uh, because I knew they were talking about me, you know? with other people Uh, and and, uh, yeah. And it just, it just all has to go with etiquette, you know, and then for, I don't know why some people would choose me, you know, to pick on, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I guess it's going to happen no matter what. I think like Ruby Ray's when I had her on here, she mentioned, uh, she worked a show where a a big name luchador uh, Uh. made all the other wrestlers leave the locker room so that he could get dressed in the locker room by himself.
1: Oh, that sounds, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh so, yeah. I think I know who she, I knew, I think I knew who that bitch was too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, yeah. All right. So uh, I call this uh, the touchy feely question of the, of, of the podcast. It's your pure joy in wrestling, whether it's something that happens before, during, or after the match, when it happens, you get the goosebumps. You're like, this is why I fucking love this business. This is why I fucking love wrestling.
1: Yeah, man. Um, anytime, you know, when I first started or even thought about wrestling, I, I, I never had, like, goals, you know? I only wanted to – this. like, I even wrote in my journal, too. I only want my hands to be raised, you know, with thumbtacks in my back, you know, bloody face, wrestling my best friend, both of us raising each other's hands, and the crowd chanting this is awesome, you know? And uh, no matter where I'm at, when a crowd chants that – I feel it all over again, you know, whether like this is wrestling, whether they're saying this is awesome, you know, and and when it's real and it's organic, you know, mm-hmm. it's the best feeling ever, you know, because it just shows that. And, uh, you know, like how you said, sometimes it gets repetitive, you know, but when you when you really feel it and you know, like, oh, shit, you know, you're like, oh, this is awesome, man.
0: Yeah, you're like, and, you're actually putting on a banger right now.
1: Yeah, you and you know, you know, you know when the crowd is like, Okay, there may be a little too, you know nice or you know, oh, they just sang it, but you know when you know when it's right, you know, And when it is, it's the best feeling in the world it's and that's why i'm addicted to wrestling because i want to feel that over and over again but i just don't want to hear it i want to know that my work is good enough you know and when you feel it and the fans say this is awesome you have that satisfaction where like that's what i trained for you know that's what we talked about and this is and this is our hard work into a culmination of people giving us appreciation for it and that's really what you just want in anything you want people to praise you for your work and when it you're when you're out there and you're painting that canvas and people are chanting that for you man this is awesome and it's not even fucking over yet it's the best feeling you know yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so i feel like uh, i feel like that you know whether they're banging the ring you know whether they're saying fucking you know gc dub or whatever you know it's like we started that chant because they appreciate what we're doing you know so uh and it's always when there's a double down, you know, or, <laughs> you know, we could really fill that out. You know, you're laying down on the mat and people are banging on it and you're like, your, your head is tumbling. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know that feeling and you just smile and you're, you're like, yeah, I'm doing it right. I'm doing something right right now.
0: Well, thanks again, brother, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Go ahead and put yourself over one more time where people can reach you on social media, merge, all that stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. If you want to uh, check out any merchandise, you can just for right now go to Pro Wrestling Tees, um, or you can just hit me up uh, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Eli Everfly. And if you uh, need any, anything else, uh, like any questions, you can always email me. I'm always open to talking to fans and stuff at Eli Everfly at gmail.com.